Good Wednesday. This is Ozarks at Large. On the latest episode of Undisciplined, the podcast produced in collaboration between the University of Arkansas Department of African and African American Studies, KUAF, and Ozarks at Large, host Dr. Karee Banton turns the tables on her former co-host, Warrington Sabri. Warrington is a native of Little Rock and a graduate of the University of Arkansas. He has a master's in political science. He's now a student at Howard University's School of Law. Dr. Batten asked Warrington why he chose the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville instead of a historically black college that was much closer to home. Yeah, I actually enjoy this opportunity. And I would say if there's you know, any you know, undergrads or prospective students that are considering coming to the university or thinking about some of you know, the schools within Arkansas, this is definitely the place to be. So turn it up because I think you might be able to relate whether directly or indirectly. But it was a very interesting process um, coming into undergrad. Um, I didn't, again, know what I wanted to study, and that was part of the reason probably that my my parents, particularly my mom and my grandpa, were, you know, kind of on me about where I wanted to go because I think they saw it as I'm just kind of doing this as a whim. And, of course, they knew that I would figure it out, but for the amount of money that would be spent at a, on, a, on a college degree um, and, you know, the, the, the resources that I did not have in terms of funds, um, they were they were a bit concerned. And so you kind of growing up as a kid in, in, in Arkansas, you kind of just grow up with this affection towards the University of Arkansas. It's just kind of this thing where I think that all babies like come out and like they're calling the hog instead of the crying. They're just like, <laughs> like, they, 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 like this just happens in Children's Hospital, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, but we grow up and we see the, the Razorbacks, they come to Little Rock, you know, once a year, they come to Central Arkansas, they come to War Memorial Stadium. And uh, I grew up, you know, with some of my white friends who were able to afford the tickets uh, to be able to go with them to the football games and seeing, you know, the Razorback marching band and seeing them put the uniforms on and seeing them playing for the state. And, of course, Arkansas not having any professional sports teams or anything to really root for in general. Um, <laughs> it was just kind of like I always dreamed of being able to go to University of Arkansas because it seemed like if there was anything that was going on in Arkansas, it was that. Basically, you know, fast forward to whenever it was time to make the decision, I had, you know, the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, like you said, uh, that, you know, wanted to offer me uh, a full ride, basically. And, you know, they were, I was in the band, I auditioned for the band for both bands, and I made both of them, but UAPB seemed a little bit more financially stable, um, and then U of A seemed a little bit more, you know, I was going to have to figure a lot of things out on my own. There were, there were questions that were going to be unanswered. I had scholarships, but I didn't really have everything covered and, and the, you know, living situations and, and whatnot was all was all kind of in the air. And so, you know, I, I still ended up choosing, you know, the University of Arkansas, despite me not having a full ride and not despite me not having a plan, you know, again, of what I wanted to do once I got there. I just knew that I wanted to go to U of A because of the look, I guess, essentially. But I found so much more. But the interesting thing, I think, that w that was a part of this process was I, I kind of defied my parents a little bit. They thought that they knew I was going to UAPB. Like, they, they thought there was no question about it. Warrington's just going through this phase where he's just trying to, you know, rebel. And, and he's going to eventually come to the senses that we're going to be able to convince him that, you know, He'll, he'll be good at UAPB. And they tried a lot of things. They were like, oh, Warrington, you'll be able to maybe like buy a house or you, and you'll be able to do these things by going to UAPB. And, and those things may have been true. 
Um, but I, I had it in my mind that I wanted to go to, to, to the University of Arkansas. I didn't know what I was going to do, but it ended up working out. And I say all that to say, you know, I think for a lot of kids out there that are, that are especially growing up at the U of A, you know, there's a decision that we all kind of have to make, you know, going to the, to the flagship institution or, or maybe you know, not, not even just University of Arkansas, Pomp Bluff. Um, there's like Arkansas Baptist, there's Philander Smith. These are all um, historically black colleges within the university or within, you know, the Arkansas system. Um, but it's just, you know, what exactly do you want to do? And so I chose my PWI and now we're here. So thank you for sharing that. So um, you made that decision and you chose the state's flagship university. And, you know, now that you're on the other side, what did what how did you find that decision? How was the experience of being a black at a historically white supremacist university? Well, I think that it was it is exactly what you would expect from a phrase like being black at a historically white <laughs> supremacist institution. Um, a lot of things that you that you see, or I guess the question being, what did, what did I find now that I'm on the other side? I found exactly what I what everybody told me that I was going to find. You know, the racism, the the isolation, the imposter syndrome, the invalidation. You know, all of those things were, were found. But what I also think that I found was myself um, in a lot of different ways. And so that sort of isolation and being sort of uh, pushed out and, and sort of forced to stand out, uh, you, you sort of, you know, learn a lot about yourself um, during those times. And so I think what drove the decision ultimately was, was sort of a, a dream that I sort of got sold on. At a particular time, you know, you come into the university and and really all you see is whiteness. So, I mean, and I mean that not to really sound like, oh, like there's just nothing but white people at the university, because that's obviously not the case. That, that would be too general. But what you see is when you come in, you see the main streets and they're lined with these houses and, and you're 18, 19 years old. You don't know what any Greek letters mean. You don't know what Kappa Sigma means. You don't know what you know, five, what do you know? You don't know what any of those things I mean. You just see these big houses. These big houses these that are great, on the main thoroughfare of the university. Exactly. Right across the street from the football stadium, right across the street from um, the school gym, right across the street from the cafeteria. Right across from and the first about, building on campus from Old Main. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Within seconds of these, of these spaces, very, very visible. And you hear, uh, you know, you watch movies and you hear a lot of things about these crazy college parties. And there's this image that is sold that if you, you know, get um, within, you know, the good graces of the, the white people, the white students that are in these, you know, organizations that, you know, you're going to have the best time of your life and you're going to be able to be with all the time, type, get different types of people and just have a great time to say, to keep it uh, tame, I guess. So that, that image is kind of sold to us. And then we get here and they're like, who do you know here? <laughs> they're like, they're like, you, you, you want to come in these doors? Nah, man. Nah, 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 nah. Either you pay a whole bunch of money and we still might not let you in or, or you, you keep it stepping. And so you're just kind of stuck. And so what I found, again, on the other side was that it's not as sweet as, as, as they made it seem. So the social and the kind of communal within those, uh, you know, fraternal organization is not as welcoming as you you thought they would be. No, no. And I mean, actually, you know, we could we could talk about this a little bit, too. But 
very briefly, I mean, I, I tried to join one of these fraternities, and we can keep it unnamed and, and whatnot, but some people may know, some people may not. But, I mean, there's a lot that you that goes on behind those doors that you would not know. Not you mean know, you, you uh, joined a white fraternity? Yes, Dr. Van, I did. I did indeed. Um, no longer affiliated, I will say. No longer affiliated. However, yes, I did. I, did ha- I was at one point in time a, a member of a white fraternity. Um, and, and let me let me also say, you know, like this is this is not some sort of vendetta that I have against this group of guys, because um, some of these guys are still, you know, good friends of mine, and they were going to be good friends of mine whether I was in the fraternity or not. But you know, this is just, you know, in general. I know since it goes on around people like me that were in these, you know, spaces, they definitely go on around in those spaces where there are no tokens, where where it's just white guys. So. This is nothing new, and, and people that would maybe listeners that are surprised to hear that like white people act racist around only white people. This is this is this is nothing new. Okay, that's the social side. So back to the academic side. What made you take your first African and African American studies course, then Warrington? You saw a meme on social media. What happened? <laughs> no, I think what it was honestly was I didn't know. First of all. You know, you come into to the university as a black student, you don't even know that we have African American studies. That's 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 one of the first issues. I probably would have started there, um, had I known there was an intro course. But I found, I think, I, I think it was that I found the course first, and then I was like, huh, I wonder, you know, why nobody told me this this existed. You know, your advisor doesn't do a very good job at that. So, anyways, I found the course, and it was it was after the election. And, you know, I was just trying to learn a little bit. You know, I felt like I wanted to see what the university had to offer in terms of telling history. Because as a black kid, you growing up, you know, especially within the black church, you learn some aspects of history, but, you know, of our history, but not, you know, anything that you might want to, that you might remember, you know, as you, you know, get older. So I wanted to refresh and then also just sort of see what, what was going on to, you know, better be able to explain some of the things that happened in, within my lived experience. And and that's exactly what I found in, in the first course. And actually, my first course, of course, was your course, as you know. But for our oh, listeners, dear, not the baptism with Dr. Benton. That's a tough thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what um, what stood also, out you know, to you from that from from that course? Well, a lot of things. But really, you know, as we talked about, the big the big thing that stood out was was Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, Between the World and Me. The book that I read in your class as a young black man in, in the white space wearing, you know, khaki shorts and, and, and boat shoes, <laughs> reading ta Coates for the first time, just having my, just feeling like, you know, he's writing this letter to his son, just feeling like I'm his son. And I'm just like reading this letter, like, you know what, dad, you're right. <laughs> I need to stop doing it. I need to so when he said, go. when he said, here is what I would like for you to know. In America, it is traditional to destroy the black body. It is heritage. You felt that in your soul? I was like, dad, like, why are you talking to me right now? And actually, actually, if you don't mind, I actually had a, I looked back at the book that I, that I had. I still had some, some, some pages marked. And I had this highlighted part that I was going to read if you didn't mind. No, go ahead. He said... When I look back, I know that it was then getting the message from all over. By that time, my friends included a great number of people with ties to different worlds. Make the race proud, the elders used to say. But by then, I knew that I wasn't so much bound to a biological, quote-unquote, race as to a group of people 
as these people were not black because of any uniform color or any uniform physical feature. They were bound because they suffered under the weight of the dream and they were bound by all the beautiful things, all the language and mannerisms of the food and music and the literature and philosophy, all the common language that fashioned like diamonds under the weight of the dream. Not long ago, I was standing at an airport retrieving a bag from a conveyor belt. I bumped into a young black man and said, my bad, without even looking up. He said, you straight. And in that exchange, there was so much more of the private rapport that can only exist within two particular strangers of this tribe that we call black. In other words, I was part of a world and looking out, I had friends who too were part of other worlds, the world of Jews or New Yorkers, the world of Southerners or gay men, of immigrants, of Californians, of Native Americans, of a combination of any of these worlds stitched into, into worlds like, ta like tapestry. And though I could never myself be a native of any of these worlds, I knew that something so essentialist as race stood between us. And I saw that what divided me from the world was not anything intrinsic to us, but the actual injury done by people intent on naming us, intent on believing that what they have named us matters more than anything we could ever actually do. In America, the injury is not being born with darker skin, with fuller lips, with a broader nose, but in everything that happens after, in that single exchange with that young man, I was speaking the personal language of my people. It was the briefest intimacy, but it captured much of the beauty of my black world. The ease between your mother and me, the miracle at the Mecca, the way I feel myself disappear on the streets of Harlem. To call that feeling racial is to hand over all those diamonds fashioned by our ancestors to the plunder. We made that feeling. Though it was forged in the shadow of the murdered, the raped, the disembodied, we made it all the same. This is the thing that I have seen with my own eyes, and I think I needed this vantage point before I could journey out. I think I needed to know that I was from somewhere, that my home was as beautiful as any other. And I have that entire section highlighted in my book because when I read that, I was just like, you are from somewhere. And it really did change my life. You could feel the force of James Baldwin and the fire next time in there and the sensuality Absolutely. of, you know, the force of life, of black life and, you know, being present in that moment and, you know, and, and finding the intimacy and all, of all these things, right? Um, Absolutely. Um, because, as you know, he took the the title from that book from, from Baldwin, where Baldwin says, All the fears with which I had grown up and which were now a part of me and controlled my vision of the world rose up like a wall between the world and me. Discipline is produced by Ozarks at Large's Matthew Moore. The podcast is a collaboration between KUAF and the University of Arkansas Department of African and African American Studies. You can hear the rest of this conversation as well as every episode of Undisciplined 
wherever you already get your podcasts.